0: Well, yeah, let's do a cute story. We love a cute story. Okay, or <laughs> I was thinking about so so James uh-huh. was out sick. So he was home. And when I brought him back to school, they said that they really missed him. Because James walks around the classroom yelling, Hey, guys! And like really needs to be paid attention to. Yeah. <laughs> and when no one is paying attention to him, he will walk up to them and yell, like, hey! And so they said they missed him and oh. they missed him yelling. And so they randomly, the teachers would stop what they were doing and would yell, Hey, guys! <laughs> oh, Still try to like, bring James Cured. into the room when yeah. he was homesick. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, kids are fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, well, welcome back to the Beyond Sunday podcast. I am super excited for who we have in studio with us today. We have been talking about a girls podcast takeover for forever, and we are finally doing it. Um, So I am your host, Elise McCarter. With me today is Pastor Cassandra Nagel.
2: Hello, people of the future. And
1: (laughs) Kat Nazaroff. Hello. Kat, do you want to give everybody a little spiel about Mm. who you are and what you do?
0: Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, Sorry about my voice. Patrick has already told me that. Uh, it, well, he didn't say it didn't sound good, but he but didn't say he it implied, sounded good. Yeah, <laughs> he <laughs> implied a, it. That's so, an implied slight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, my name is Kat. You guys know I'm Patrick's wife. Um, <laughs> and what do I do? What I am a clinical social worker. I have a private practice, so I work with adults primarily, um, and I specialize in trauma and addiction. And so I see people. Uh, and just walk through life with them and try to help heal some of their hurts.
1: It's really awesome. And like all of the times that we have done a podcast with me and Patrick and David and I've said, man, we really should have like a therapist (laughs) that we at least talk to before we do this. Now we have a therapist on the podcast. (laughs) It's very exciting. Yes. Um, Excited to be here. Yeah. We're excited too. Um, and today we are going to talk a little bit about the Proverbs 31 passage, um, women listeners, I feel like I can already hear your deep and drawn breath. (laughs) Um, So hopefully we have a little bit of a different perspective on that to offer today. Um, But before we do, we're going to get into some news. Okay, so we're all girls here. So I...
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Sorry for all the male (laughs) listeners. (laughs) (laughs) What are we preparing for? (laughs) Yeah. So I thought maybe we'd do some female-centric news. Um, But before I read the title here to you guys how much of a ride or die are you like with your friends? Like how far would you go to like protect your friend's
0: honor? What would you say?
2: You mean like helping them bury a dead body? Or? Maybe, yeah. If that's sure, sure, like sure. The extreme. I'm not gonna ask
0: questions. Some yeah. I heard somebody say though once like, "Where are we riding to, and why do we have to die?" Yeah, <laughs> I would say I'm like, "I'm a rider." Why? Like, like, like I'm like I'm i I'm a loyalist for sure, but I might yeah. have some questions. Right, I
1: need to know exactly the extent of what I'm right. getting into. Right, <laughs> right, 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 Otherwise, I might say something dumb. You know, I don't know.
0: But What about you? what you say? You It'd all the way burying the body? I mean, I appreciate uh, that that was your first thought. Like, yeah, what body are yeah. we burying? Yeah. Yeah. We actually
2: had I a... I think I'd probably have profound guilt about whatever we did. Sure. You know? Yeah, that's therapy
0: <laughs> for the rest of your life. Yeah. Good yeah. news. Yeah. I got gotcha. a therapist. Yeah. Unless yeah. I'm the yeah. one asking you to yeah. do something. Yeah. <laughs> that's worse.
2: <laughs> yeah, then yeah. I wouldn't have anyone to talk to. It right. Be, yeah. 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 So
1: We actually had a conversation before one of our podcast recordings a couple weeks ago where... it turned out we'd all done some internet research on like, if you have to bury a body, what is the best way to do that? Um, And independent of each other. Yeah. Uh, So it turns out vertical, have you ever thought about this? Yeah. So vertical. So there's, like less to show up on like an infrared scanner or something oh sure
0: so it doesn't well, look and like an like, obvious yeah i well, have to dig a hole that deep that deep yeah that's it's no, not worth me. it yeah, yeah. like I'm not include, doing it that. would
2: make sense though because when you think about when you bury well at least without coffins when you bury a body like the ground you can see the lumps actually uh-huh. when right when but the if the you just have settles, one little like head yeah. size lump Ooh. or shoulder size Phytically i don't know bury a body
1: okay yeah and then you drop <laughs> them in head first or are you feet first or oh god Literally, how am I doing this without a forklift? Exactly. Yeah, like, I don't know. wouldn't it just crumple up in the bottom of the hole? <laughs> I don't know. Like, it doesn't work quite as well. Mm. This, this it sounds this like is it's a dark. really terrifying <laughs> <I know>. turn. <laughs> anyway. <It's> Halloween people, <laughs> yeah. mm. it is. This is also our Halloween podcast episode, so. Uh, on that note, sure. our okay. news today, uh, woman spends 15 years getting revenge on man who spit on her friend by breaking up his engagement and spoiling his favorite TV shows.
2: Wow. Spoiling his favorite <laughs> TV shows? <laughs> so petty. <laughs> <laughs> Is that worse than the engagement for you? That's <laughs> what we landed on. We're
0: like, well, wow. The engagement <laughs> feels like yikes like Mm -hmm, babe i'm gonna need you to get a hobby but the spoiling of the tv show that's just cool. yeah well (laughs) yeah she
1: starts with the tv shows and it kind of goes from there it escalates yeah so for some um for some background here uh if never forgetting was an award this woman won it a dallas woman loves some representation sabotaged a man for 15 years by ruining his favorite tv shows and she claims his engagement after he wronged her friend one night in college what did he do um, okay, so in a TikTok video, this lady recalls the night she was enjoying her night out with friends at a comedy show when one of her friends accidentally knocked over this guy's drink onto his lap. She cool. said the man was so furious that he spit on her friend, calling her a slur, slur, slur. Um, and so this lady, being a ride or die, got up in this guy's face and is, like, screaming at him, saying, like, that's a skull- assault, you're disgusting, like, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then he starts screaming at her, too. She uh-huh. said they move on with their night, um... But they don't move on with their lives, (laughs) (laughs) clearly, which I kind of respect. Um, So she has 4.4 million views on this TikTok video. So go look it up. I'm going to go watch it. Yeah. Um, So certainly not forgiving or forgetting her track down the man's Facebook after that night (laughs) where she noticed that he was a massive fan of Breaking Bad and The Walking Dead. So what does she do <laughs> clearly she creates multiple fake facebook accounts to spoil episodes on a weekly basis for both shows through direct messages then every time <laughs> he would delete one or block one she would make three more
2: <laughs> and oh. <message> him spoilers <laughs> why was he continuing to accept these was he having to accept well, the i think request, you have you to think b- for somebody to
1: message you i think you have to like block them for them to not be able to just message you like he's not necessarily friends oh. with these accounts uh-huh, but she uh-huh. can still dm him
0: mm, okay
1: i think especially like facebook of 10 I years thought ago you,
0: yeah 10 years ago. Yeah. i think now they have a feature where you have to like accept an incoming message if you're not friends right. with them but 10 oh, okay. years ago this, yeah i mean this went on for 15 gates are open. years can wow. Just, that's in, wow she said that he tried to block every
1: single fake account that she made but she just kept creating more <laughs> but she said you know a couple of months it kind of petered off for her she still did it just for fun um but then he ended up in her political science class in grad school with her (gasps) in like some random turn of events Um, she recognized him he didn't recognize her so he has no idea but so she tracks down his reddit and he has all of these like really awful opinions about everything like very misogynistic yada 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 Uh, so she starts kind of trolling him on there um, and then she noticed that he's engaged and that he posts some like nasty pictures that he's passing off as his, his fiance uh, that she allegedly doesn't know about. And, oh. so, and so she messages his fiance a link to this guy's Reddit. <gasps> and then they were no longer engaged on Facebook. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. 15 years. I wow. mean.
2: Is she being, like, a vigilante or? <laughs> I think kind
1: of at that
0: point. Yeah. That's that is like, a girl's girl. Right. I'm like looking out for it. I am here for that. Yeah.
2: Does it say how the original, like, friend felt about all of this? No. like, you, it, like she she I wonder if out. she even knew, you know? Maybe was, in the
1: TikTok video she gets into that. But in the yeah. news article, they don't say anything about OG friend <laughs> who got spit on. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Like, is this all happening yeah. with her awareness or?
1: I would think you'd you have to have a group text about that going on. Surely. Like, oh, you know, you're not just not telling your friend that. Hey, by the way, I still message that guy that spit on you. Spoilers <laughs> for all his
0: favorite TV, TV shows, shows. Fifteen years later. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know that I would really have the commitment to that, honestly. Right. Fifteen years is. That's a long time that to is a stay mad. Yeah.
1: Honestly, I do kind of respect it though. I absolutely respect that level of follow follow through. Uh. Yeah, companies hire this lady like a game. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, at that
2: point, you just follow through because you've (laughs) been that fun. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Everybody needs a hobby. So.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. Okay. So today we're going to jump into talking about the Proverbs thirty-one woman, um, mythology surrounding. Etc. Uh, Cassandra, I know you kind of prepared some talking points for us. You want to jump in on that?
2: I did. I'm very excited, and kudos to Patrick for doing this. I told him this morning. Wow, it takes a lot to plan a plan a podcast. He yeah, like, yeah, he always comes in with to, the notes. Yeah. A lot to put together. So yeah, so we're going to be talking about Proverbs 31, but not the whole thing. Um, like the back two halves of Proverbs 31. So it's Basically, in, in the NRSV, kind of the subtitle is Ode to the Woman of Strength. Is oh, the,
1: is okay. So Proverbs 31 yeah. is about more than just like the Proverbs 31 woman that we hear about. It's kind of yeah. split up into multiple yeah. parts. So
2: there's an introductory portion, and then there's sort of the, the well-known piece as far as the Proverbs 31 woman. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning is, is uh, uh, about uh, this guy named King Lemuel. And, like, a sort of this story that his mom would tell him. We don't really know who this dude is. Um, okay. So, so maybe may be fictional? Yeah. Or so in my yeah. research, like, this King Lemuel guy doesn't really have any other references in the Hebrew Bible so we don't really know a lot about him but yeah. based on what we hear in the story we can assume because he's a king um that he's wealthy and so a lot of the sure. things that we'll look into mm. have to do with like yeah. elite kind of upper class mm. um dynamics in kind of the Israelite okay. society so um but what we'll be talking about is the kind of 22 lines of poetry that talk about kind of an upper class elite woman or wife depending on how you translate it in Hebrew so yeah people have different interpretations of it you know some think well is this like advice to guys about what they should be looking for in a woman (laughs) or like is this advice to young women about what they should be like you know Mm -hmm. um so there's kind of differences and debate on that but um that's what we're going to dive into and of course as as y'all know Proverbs 31 now is like a mega like Industry. It's a moneymaker. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like it, there's literally Proverbs 31 ministries. Like yes. it's a big evangelical, yeah. part, you know, it's a big part of the Christian um, business world, I guess mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. Um, Branding. That, yeah, yeah. Brand. Absolutely. And so that, you know, this text has been interpreted in a lot of different ways, um, which at least I would say a lot of problematic ways. Right. Yes. So yeah. um, it will be interesting for us to to dive in. But first, I'm curious, like, what have your experiences been <laughs> of hearing Proverbs 31, maybe at church or at home or at school or like growing up for you, what was Proverbs 31 in your life?
1: Yeah. So when we first started texting about doing this podcast, when we landed on this topic, I think we said like, raise your hand if you've been personally victimized by Proverbs 31 <laughs> Bible studies, mm-hmm. like um, to, like I multiple Bible studies, uh, like as a preteen all the way through, I think I've been, I don't, I'm not going to say forced into... <laughs> Subjected to maybe um, about this whole theme of like always the angle was what you need to do to make a good wife for somebody. Mm -hmm. So yeah, what about you, Kat?
0: I my first exposure was really in college, part of (laughs) a pretty evangelical ministry uh, throughout uh, my my time in in my undergrad and. Yeah, it was really presented as here's the qualities that would make you a good wife. Mm. Uh, And essentially, the messaging is all the things that you are are not really enough. (laughs) Womp, womp. Right? When compared to this list, right? Like, here's how, um, here's the ideal woman. Um, And so it was not communicated in a way of, uh, a celebration of mm. these are all all things women are. Mm-hmm. It was very much a, in order to please uh, a man, in order to get married, because obviously that is the goal. <laughs> obviously. Uh, here are all the things that God says uh, to be. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's an interesting topic, at least for us in kind of the ELCA, mm-hmm. um, in a church that follows the... What we call revised common lectionary. I don't know how much I'll kind of dive into the the RCL here on the podcast, but it's a go for it. Yeah, a, yeah, if, if you feel like that, that, I know what that yeah, means. yeah. So the revised <laughs> common lectionary. It's a three year cycle that we use, um, not only in the Lutheran Church, it's in the Catholic Church and a lot of other kind of. I would say mainline denominations Mm -hmm. that um, basically journeys through the church calendar year. Right. So we have the season of Lent where we're, you know, journeying to the cross. And so, um, it's a series of, uh, recommended, uh, Scripture passages that we okay. read. So um, there's three years. Year A or year one is Matthew. Year B is Mark. And then year C is Luke. So we read through those three. And then John, right, the fourth gospel mm-hmm. is sort of read on all of the big holidays. So John okay. is the gospel that we read, you know, on Easter. We hear parts of that at Christmas time and things like that. So John kind of gets interspersed throughout yeah. the rest of it. Um, before, before so John I know. John's a third yeah. child. Right. Well, <laughs> in like, oh, John, John has like all the really special stories. Right. Like, yeah, the only big washing the feet and John and so you get that on Monday Thursday and things like that so anyway so the revised common lectionary gives congregations the structure to go through the church year and you know hear stories of scripture through the different lenses of the gospels but also like It forces you to kind of wrestle with difficult texts that I would say, like, complement the gospel. And so that's kind of our first and second readings are Mm. connected to the gospel stories that are assigned every week. Um, And so I was doing some research about, like, when does Proverbs 31 come up in the lectionary? And so it comes up in year B, which is coming up here at the end of November. Um, so we will get Proverbs 31 oh boy. in 2024, <laughs> but this is what's interesting. Yeah. It's actually called, uh, it's actually part of the semi-continuous series okay. of first and second readings. So um, when I was saying the first and second readings complement the gospel, those are sort of the general first and second readings that we hear. Um, there's also oftentimes a semi-continuous first and second reading, and those Oftentimes are like stories from the prophets or like narrative sections of the Bible that don't really complement the gospel necessarily. But when you read them for an entire season, you get a better understanding of uh, people like Moses or like some Mm. of the some of the figures throughout the Old Testament that span really long sections of scripture. Yeah. Um, So Proverbs 31 is part of that semi-continuous series so for most congregations if they're just kind of going with whatever is assigned proverbs 31 would not ever come up in your uh-huh. like preaching kind of schedule unless you're specifically you know choosing it right um, which is interesting because i was thinking back to you know when have i heard a sermon like in a lutheran church about right. proverbs 31 and i i the only times I've heard sermons on Proverbs 31 have been in um, kind of non-denominational contexts or places <laughs> yeah. that don't use this lectionary, yeah. right? Um, so within our church, huh. you know, we've got this interesting scenario of like, there's all this theology going around about Proverbs 31. And, and we never talk about we it. We don't have yeah. it really kind of interesting. placed within our, yeah, within our structure as a as a church. So. Yeah. Yeah. So have you heard sermons on Proverbs 31? Like what, if you were to summarize a Proverbs 31 sermon, what was like the one or two sentence takeaway? <laughs>
0: Maybe oh. you need more than two sentences. <laughs> wake more, wake up
1: earlier. Yeah.
0: W- yeah. Work harder. Be prettier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you're tough, but also gentle. Right. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're funny, but can also be serious. Sure. Make sure you're very nurturing, uh, but also hold the line with your children. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you better have kids. You better. Because ha- yes. Your purpose as a woman mm. uh, is a, a main purpose is to be a mom. And mm. so. Yeah. Uh, that is critical. Yeah. yeah.
2: That's like the way you glorify God. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That would yeah. probably be Just to train them up.
2: Yeah. 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 I've been reading uh, when I was in seminar, I read an article by a lady that she's got a fun name. Her name is Catherine Doob. Socken- sockenfeld katherine <laughs> dube sockenfeld she's a professor of old testament um uh scriptures in at princeton oh. and so she write she wrote an essay called the good wife who is a worthy woman um and so she talks about how it's actually really hard to summarize proverbs 31 mm. because it's basically uh an acrostic poem, so you can't really tell in in English, but in Hebrew, the first line of every verse in the poem starts with a different letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Interesting. And so it's basically yeah. 22 mini poems all in one. Right? right. And so it's hard to summarize it because, like, Elise, if you read it, you might think, oh, well, verse 7 is like the most important part. And, you know, Kat, you might right. read, well, I think verse 14 is the most important part. And so right. it's hard to summarize when you've got hmm. all these, like, you know, mini kind of poems within one. Right. Um, and so um, Catherine does this study where she kind of reads through um, the, 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 the text, the poem, with different uh, groups of women uh-huh. here in, in the North American context. Um, and then she gets their perspectives. And so we're going to oh, dive it's like into a clinical trial. Yeah. yeah, I know it's very cool, yeah. but because it's hard to summarize, I thought maybe we could read the whole thing. It's not super long just so yeah. that we can get a sense of, uh, kind of the details and mm-hmm. then um, we'll dive into kind of what some of these perspectives are. So yeah. would one of y'all to split like split it to, up? Yeah, yeah, yeah let's okay. split it up and, uh, and we can all read and, and okay. see, uh, where we go with this are there Any words way?
0: i can't pronounce yeah
2: <laughs> which you section do does not have names of yeah people i think there's absolutely <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's 22 we can each read like seven or so verses if you want okay so Elise, if you want to start and then we'll, yeah
1: so i'll do uh and then verse. when you
2: pause then cat you can pick up where she where she leaves off Oh, it's on the back. I was
0: really confused there for a second. I
2: printed double side. No. Save paper.
0: All right. So So. that was a very Proverbs 31 choice. (laughs) Yeah. Look at you. you. I was thinking of the environment.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You also look great today. So You're killing it on all fronts. (laughs) Girl podcast. Yes. (laughs) Okay. All right. Proverbs 31, verse 10. A capable wife who can find she is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She's like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from far away. She rises while it is still night and provides food for her household and tasks for her servant girls. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a
0: vineyard. She girds herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff, and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid for her household when it snows, for all her household are clothed in crimson. She makes herself coverings. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the city gates, taking his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She supplies the merchant with sashes.
2: Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household, and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her happy. Her husband, too, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain but a woman who fears the lord is to be praised give her a share in the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the city gates
1: hmm.
2: so initial thoughts and reactions to this what let's st- let's be a little optimistic here what do you find in this that could be helpful or like what are some kind <laughs> of positive what are some positive takeaways for for women here in in Proverbs 31. I mean,
1: I guess you could read it as like just a praise of how much stuff women get done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You could, right? Yeah. It's almost like a power behind the throne type thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe. <laughs>
2: yeah. I do like the part about um, the husband praising her, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that that, you know, my my, you know, kind of optimist side is like wow like that's it's great to have an encouraging partner or like mm-hmm. someone who hopefully sees you know how hard you're working and is able to affirm you in that so I think that can be
1: yeah he does kind of follow that ride on up with charm is deceitful though and beauty of yeah. the so yeah. like
2: it's like it's a very short <laughs> line it's like praise yeah like you've got a great personality
0: like yeah. after this whole list yeah. of things yeah seriously so I mean, like, yeah what mm. about you, Kat? I I agree with Elise. I think if if it's looked at as a celebration of women, mm-hmm. uh, I think this is an incredible list of things. Um, now, I think unfortunately it can shift into this is the expectation yeah. is that yeah. uh, w- women do all of this in order to feel valued or worthy. Uh, but I think the truth is is that women do so much. And often it's uh not recognized, and so yeah. I think if we look at this of uh, that all of these things God sees the heart of women, God mm-hmm. sees um that the purpose is not just to be a wife and a mom. if that is yours, fantastic, but it there's so many things on this list that are not about being a wife and yeah. a mom, yeah. They're about being an entrepreneur of mm-hmm. yeah. uh, really powerful things that I think are incredible yeah
2: Yeah. i mean
1: also the time is written right is a time when options are very limited for women you know like you can't be in the political sphere necessarily you can't necessarily be an entrepreneur even like so your options socially are you know marry well have children you know run a household that kind of thing so like if you maybe with a grain of salt from that perspective you can eke out some really positive stuff from here. I will say I just, I love the bread of idleness though. and <laughs> I, <laughs> <laughs> Indulging is important for yeah. self-care.
2: <laughs> so are y'all familiar with the, a pastor? Her name is Rachel Held Evans. Ugh, rest yes. In peace. Yeah. I yeah. know. Rest in peace. Yeah. So she's in- a ELCA incredible. pastor. She's an author. And one of her books is called A Year of Biblical Womanhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nadia Bolsweber Weber was one of her good friends and oh. wrote in sort of a, A blog post, kind of a eulogy for for Rachel, Mm -hmm. um, kind of a quote from Rachel's book um, about Proverbs 31. So Rachel says, no longer presented as a song through which a man offers his wife praise. Proverbs 31 is presented as a task list through which the woman earns it. Mm -hmm. And then she says, we turned an anthem into an assignment.
1: Mm.
2: What do you all think about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think she's dead on.
2: It's kind of like what we've been talking about here as far as these tasks, right? And, yeah. Um, yeah, how we're interpreting them.
0: Yeah. And an assignment in order to earn a good quality man, mm. I yeah. think, has been sort of the messaging that I have gotten yeah. w- with Proverbs 31. That, that the, the intention behind it is not so that you can feel closer to your creator. It's mm-hmm. so that you can earn a man who doesn't cheat or who treats you well, right. or, right, so all these could brag like, about you. Men are looking, right, <laughs> right, right, yeah. that men are looking for this yeah. woman, and the more you do, the more you are worthy of this. Yeah. Which feels insane. It does. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it does. <laughs> so, uh, So let's dive in here to kind of, uh ms Catherine dube sockenfeld's different i know it's so cool her different perspective so um so there are five kind of female voices that continued to come up as they were reading this section of proverbs 31 so the so the first one is called this the title is beyond tradition Mm. um and so this it's too long for me to read all of it but the the women are basically saying like this interpretation of Proverbs 31 paints the picture of a capable woman who does lots of things outside the home. Okay, so kind of in a non-traditional sense. Okay. Um, And one lady, she says, quote, for me, reading this passage validates my desire to work outside the home to do something more beyond Mm. family and church. That's Um, nice. And so, I mean, when we were reading through, right, there are so many pieces of this poem that don't necessarily have to do with the household but our mm-hmm. kind of tasks you know that she's doing outside so that's yeah. really where a lot of this interpretation is coming from so what are your thoughts or reactions to this kind of beyond tradition uh reading
1: yeah i don't think i've ever thought of proverbs 31 as something that validates mm-hmm, me mm-hmm. you know like yeah that's a really nice take on it
2: yeah the second one is sort of connected to it but it's called economic status Mm -hmm. um and so this one praises the behavior of a wealthy married woman um and so it's kind of focusing on (laughs) the
0: dream right tennis (laughs) lessons and so it's focusing (laughs) on like
2: all of the kind of things that are connected to not even like socioeconomic class but Mm -hmm. just like buying and selling and all of the kind of commerce or commercial Mm -hmm. um, pieces so um There's a quote, if this is the model for the praiseworthy woman, very few could ever attain praise. There are very few rich men, fewer wealthy girls, and equally few who could work successfully enough to get as rich as this family appears to be. If this poem describes the kind of wife a man should seek to marry, then everybody loses because it presumes a fairy tale world. It denigrates ordinary women without a lot of money and by implication their ordinary husbands as <laughs> well. <laughs> so kind of hard to at least for me to wrap my head around because mm-hmm. we have all these like billionaires, right? I mean there's just this sense of of like mass wealth, mm-hmm. I think. Um, kind of in our context but also so many situations where there's not yeah so Mm -hmm. yeah thoughts or reactions about reading this through like an economic lens is that your first instinct (laughs) no
1: so I think you know in our sort of billionaire culture I don't know that I've ever looked at billionaires and be like man they work so hard Mm -hmm. like I've thought, man, they're really fortunate and, mm-hmm. like, yeah. they had a real head start on life, yeah. you know, but I don't know that I would just, like, praise their
0: uh, work ethic <laughs> necessarily. Yeah. Well, uh, and I'm sure in a lot of ways they have worked hard yeah. and then they reap sort of uh, mm-hmm. benefits that maybe they worked for, maybe <laughs> yeah, they haven't, yeah. right? But I also think that that doesn't mean that people who are not billionaires have not worked equally right. hard. Yeah. And I think both sort of go together of, I think we live in a culture and a time where, many families cannot afford to just be a one-income household and have to be um, uh, a two or more, right? Like, have to get income from other places. And so I think if there's this connection of you are designed to be a a stay-at-home parent Mm -hmm. and you can't afford to do that, um, that that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with what you're doing for your family and so I think I have not certainly read Proverbs 31 and thought it supports this idea that Mm. you're doing financially what you need to for your family yeah
2: I think the hard thing for me is I don't necessarily look to people who are massively wealthy as like my examples for biblical marriage. You know what (laughs) I mean? Like like I think about, you know, when Bill Gates got divorced, like, I mean, they're just these, uh, they're just people. Yeah. yeah. And so I think the hard thing too, is like striving to like, for, for me to like, you know, strive to have a rich husband doesn't, Equate to like having no problems. Especially (laughs) because money complicates things. Right. And like, I just think about all of these, like, you know, divorces we hear about on TV and in the news, like, with just how complicated it gets and how many lawyers get involved and like how money and assets get divided. And and of course, like, divorce is not like kind of the goal, maybe in Proverbs 31, but it just uh, doesn't give me a lot of hope that like, you know, more money, more problems. Right. right? Yeah. 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 Don't sign a prenup. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So. (laughs) <laughs> that's how you do it <laughs> so uh, uh reader number three uh this this perspective is called all for husband and family um and so the, okay. the, the 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 women says i think this passage implies that there is only one approved option women can desire or hope for a family-centered life only married women are praised here and everything for which wives are praised is connected to home life um, and then they go on to kind of describe how they're connected, and they talk about, since the Hebrew words for woman and wife are the same, I <laughs> think the text tells women and men that all women ought to get married and stay at home raising a family. It says nothing to support the idea of women having careers. So this is sort of a completely different interpretation from the ones we've heard already but i would say probably more of a familiar one yeah Uh, i would mm -hmm. say that
1: would be more the way that i have interpreted it yeah yeah
2: Yeah. so So the
1: hebrew word for woman and wife is the same
2: is the same yeah so it can be used interchangeably and um so we'll hear kind of how you know if you interpret it always as wife right right, that can be really exclusive right for women who are not married but then you know if you read it as woman rather than wife then it kind of opens the doors right yeah um or you know, if you read them interchangeably, then it's,
1: you're still funneled into then the you're same thing. Yeah,
2: into the same thing. Yeah. So it kind of depends on how mm-hmm. you read it. But um, yeah, Nadia bals weber has all sorts of reflections on. I bet she does. Yeah. Things, so, <laughs> but this is the troubling thing. I mean, yeah. like in our, I'm trying to think in our text that we read. I don't remember. It says, "Wife, a capable mm-hmm. wife who can find." Right. So, depending on what translation of scripture you're reading, I mean, it, yeah, it sort of, you know, that becomes a direction for. How you might be taught or mm-hmm. expected to,
0: yeah, meet the meet the poem, yeah. And it's so painful too because in college, when this was a, a big uh, conversation in this ministry, there the messaging that was sent was we believed, I believed, mm. as a college student, that when I got engaged or when I got married, I would no longer feel insecure, Mm-mm. like I would yeah. no longer struggle with my body image. I would no longer struggle with. The idea that I needed to be more of something or less of something, and the goal was like ring before spring, (laughs) which I got. Uh, Patrick and I got engaged. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there were many people that ended up dropping out after they got engaged because they got their MRS degree, Mm -hmm. Um, and I did not. But I did get engaged, um, and that the the evaporation of my insecurities never came. Like right. having a ring was I mean, it was a beautiful ring. And I was thrilled to be engaged. And like that did not solve any of these struggles that yeah. I carried. Yeah. Uh, and so I think the the it was so glorified, this mm-hmm. idea of like when you get engaged, when you get married, this is the goal. Uh and I love my marriage, but I don't think that's a goal for everyone. No. And I don't even think that says it biblically that, that that needs to be yeah the goal. like I don't
1: think it should be presented as the goal for everyone you know like like we know like it it's not like the goal for everyone but the messaging is that it should be the right. goal for everyone and if it's not yeah. then what's going on right yeah like there's something off is the assumption I think right like well why don't you want to get married or date seriously you know like well
0: then you get told yeah. like well, while you're in waiting, let's uh-huh. love singleness. <laughs> yeah. Oh my
2: this gosh. This time of, so, while you're <laughs> you waiting. This, oh my gosh. Is this, yeah, res- okay, right? Yeah. Like oh all gosh, of yeah.
0: these sermons that I went to. Well, there's
2: whole conferences about biblical single singleness. I'm like, where, where, where are you getting your yeah. data? <laughs> like, where <laughs> well, is this Well, and this the really from? funny thing is that all the people that lead these conferences are married. Are married men. All right. Married. Well, sometimes it's couples. So sometimes uh-huh. it's so, oh, but yeah. they can't do it. The, the woman
1: cannot do it on her own without. Correct. Right, right,
2: right. She it's her man yeah 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 yeah. so Kat I want to go back to you because I think Mm -hmm. you know what you're sharing about um you know being engaged and still struggling with Mm -hmm. insecurities right how did that impact your relationship with God right I mean sort of from a theological perspective right you've approached the this goal right that was presented to you throughout college and then like when it wasn't achieved per se like what happened or how did you kind of navigate that
0: yeah I think it just felt very jarring, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I truly believed uh, that this, not that that Patrick was going to heal all, all these things, but that I would not struggle so much. And then feeling very confused of why am I still struggling with this? I shouldn't, right? Yeah. So then came the shame mm. of right. I'm doing something wrong. Mm. Like I'm not relying on God enough or I'm not um or or my my engagement my marriage has now become an idol Mm. right there was just this constant (laughs) shame I could not do it right whatever that even meant yeah yeah wow
1: did it feel like you had like checked a box and therefore the other pieces were gonna fall into place for you or was it – and then it became just like, oh, well, I have to keep, like, checking boxes, checking boxes, checking boxes, checking boxes.
0: That I don't sense. know if it felt like a box so much. I mean, I uh, – Patrick and I were together for, I don't know, like a year. We knew we were going to get engaged. We knew this was the hope for us and, and mm-hmm. the plan. And, um And then, so I don't necessarily think that I remember feeling like it was a box to check. Mm. I just remember feeling like, okay, I walk my college campus and I feel insecure about my body. Mm. Or I feel insecure, my hair is very frizzy and very curly, and so I feel insecure about it uh, oftentimes. And I thought, if I have this beautiful engagement ring, I will no longer feel insecure because a man chose me. Mm. Like someone chose me, right? And that was the message we got sort of in this ministry Not uh, directly, but very indirectly. Yeah. Yeah. uh, The goal is to be chosen. (laughs) And so I thought, right, like I'm getting engaged to this person I love and I'm so thrilled to spend my life with. And because he chose me, I would no longer feel insecure about my hair or my body. And jokes on me, (laughs) (laughs) but it did not happen. (laughs) The choosing doesn't erase everything else. The choosing doesn't mean that I don't still feel like I'm supposed to be or achieve or do something different. Right. And mm. the
1: choosing is wonderful and mutual yes, yes and, it, and all yes. that. Yeah. yeah like that's again ten like, out of ten. Yeah. Real. Love it. Glad yeah. it happened.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Happily married.
2: Right. Uh, it does kind of connect to so our reader number four, the title is Building the Husband's Reputation. So this oh, is Oh, sort of propping next, him up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this <laughs> perspective is about one word that. for <laughs> wife and woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this, this reader says, I think this passage praises the wife primarily because of the glory she can bring to her husband. After mm-hmm. all, it's the husband who is interested in having such a wife. No one is asking the woman what she thinks about this portrait of herself. Uh-huh. Um, and so then she goes on and she says later, the woman seems to be viewed only as a means to improving her husband's life and his standing in the community.
1: I would love to pull our spouses on whether or not they feel like we bring glory to them. (laughs) I don't (laughs) want to know. (laughs) (laughs) Would
2: you say, on a scale of
1: one to ten, how much glory do we
2: bring you? So there's a so verse 23, it says her husband is known in the city gates. Uh Um, And so in Nadia Bowles Weber's kind of eulogy for Rachel Held Evans, there's a picture and she's standing outside of the city where she lives with a sign that says Dan is awesome. That's her husband. (laughs) And so it's this kind of like joke, you know, that sort of, uh, you know playfully reflecting on this this text about you know her husband is known in the city gates yeah right? like that's cute kind of is she you know glorifying right or her actions glorifying her husband so yeah who uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> building the husband's yeah she she uh, obviously like you know has a different interpretation of the text but it's just, yeah yeah this is quite a quite an interesting perspective mm-hmm. yeah All right. Are you ready for number five? I think we're ready. I think y'all are going to just adore this one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This one is called, this is super mom. Super (laughs) mom. So it says, uh, this text is the perfect description or prescription for a superwoman or supermom. Here is a picture of a woman who can do everything, who never needs to sleep, <laughs> who can be merchant, farmer, seamstress, chef, organizer, fountain of wisdom, volunteer worker, who has perfect children who bless her rather than whine or fight and who can see her hu- see to her husband's advancement, advancement. Yeah. So this is super mom. Or, I am not a mom, but I will ask both of you. Yeah. Are, are either of y'all uh, quote unquote super mom? No. God, no, no. I sleep
1: all the time. <laughs> yeah. a solid eight to 10. Hours. Yeah. I'm in bed at 930 almost every
0: night. Okay, And I'm proud of it, honestly. <laughs> yeah. No, I am not super mom, but I will tell you that not a day goes by where I don't question my parenting. Yeah. Or question my um, value as my kid's mom.
2: Yeah. did you receive I mean either from the church or kind of from social media like do y'all experience kind of pressure to meet that supermom? uh I would say like unattainable goal or aspiration
1: yeah I mean I think there's always somebody that you perceive is doing it better than you right mm-hmm. like there's always somebody who's packing the cute lunches for their kids like mm-hmm. there's always somebody who's so gentle in their parenting you know there's always somebody who has like somehow like matching like sheets for their kids' bed and pillowcases that aren't just totally random and like their kids don't have stains on their clothes when they go to school. Like there's always somebody yeah. that you can look and be like, ooh, look at all the ways that I'm not doing those mm. things. Mm-hmm. You know? Like I'm just not, it's not coming together for me like yeah. that. So I think there's a lot of um opportunity in parenting to
0: feel like you are messing your kids up constantly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah yeah <laughs> it's 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 really tough yeah, yeah. i oh uh, I don't know if it's shared on the- uh, irrelevant uh we struggled with infertility for a long time, mm. so it took us quite a while to um have my first, and that period of time was so painful. I mm. was asked constantly in the church and outside of the church, when are you having kids? you've been married for a while, mm. don't you want kids?' Mm. And, and just this messaging of and, – and not many people knew that, that we were struggling and that it was d- deeply painful. Yeah. Uh, and just the the message that's sent is like, okay, it's about time. Mm. Like you've y- – Yeah. It's about time it's you've been, been two married. years. Yeah, right? I mean, you've had enough yeah. married time and now, now your job is to have kids. Uh, and that brought a lot of shame for me is, mm. is what is wrong with me and my body that I – have struggled in this way. And so then the belief through social media is like, I, because this was such a challenge to have these two boys, I have to love every second of it. Yes. And if not, so fast. then I'm not a good mom. <laughs> yeah, Right? Yeah. That that a Proverbs 31 mom would just adore every moment and be so present in every moment. And I'm like, I sometimes <laughs> just want to hide in a closet. Yeah. And I don't adore every moment. Yeah. 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 And letting that be okay. But you don't see that on social media. You no, know? you, you don't. don't. see the hiding in the closet. You don't. No. Yeah.
2: yeah. So my, one of my uncles is a stay at home dad. Well, I love that. Um, Patrick will be jealous. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, my aunt, you know, works full time. She works in the pharmaceutical industry and my uncle is a stay at home dad. And yeah. so, um, and also like, I mean, both of y'all work, right? Mm-hmm. And your spouses both work. And so yeah. I'm curious, like, for, uh, you know, from a kind of stay-at-home dad perspective, from a multi-working, you know, parent household, mm-hmm. how, like, can we, you know, hold Proverbs 31 with those realities, too? Like, or maybe how do you think, like, your spouses would interpret Proverbs 31?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I think we both have really supportive spouses, mm-hmm. from what I understand, um, and, if we're reading this as, like, a celebration of everything that women do, then I can see it as being sort of, like, a, almost like an inspirational thing, you know, like, even when it's tough and I feel like I'm not getting enough time with my kid or my spouse or my friends because I I have all these things going on that I'm trying to juggle, like, God sees me and holds that, you know, and that there's space for that kind of, like... Oh, like I'm, I'm stretched thin, but yeah. I'm still showing up in the best way that I can, you know?
2: Yeah. So one of the last things that Ms. Catherine says is uh, she invites, you know, in her essay, she invites people to use Proverbs 31 as a conversation opener um, about how women understand their own identity rather than as this prescription that simply needs to be followed mm. or rejected. Um, which is kind of what we've been doing here, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of wrestling with, you know, our understanding of it. So um, how might Proverbs 31 help you understand your own identity?
1: Maybe it's okay to be ambitious, you know, like to have things that you want to get done. You know, again, in the context, really your only options at that time were Mm. stuff kind of connected to home life, right? but even in that context this person's still kind of hustling is what we understand mm-hmm, right yeah. so like it's okay to like want to hustle and have things that you're needy been you mm-hmm. know that mm-hmm. aren't necessarily connected to your kids or your spouse yeah so. Mhm.
0: it also makes me think of like okay so if these were uh the characteristics of women at the time or a woman i Mm -hmm. I don't know like can there be specific characteristics about me that like god actually is pleased with Mm -hmm. right instead of this uh belief that i held in college of my job was to be quiet well i'm not a quiet person (laughs) (laughs) how did that go (laughs) (laughs) not well (laughs) but but just these um characteristics and, and qualities that we have that instead of them uh, working really hard to make them different looking at how to use them as like something that is powerful and mm-hmm. and a positive yeah yeah I like that I think what gives me hope is like if I approach
2: Proverbs 31 with like the baseline understanding of I can't achieve all of these things all at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, What gives me hope is that there's a lot of flexibility in like, maybe for the next year or two of my life, I'm like really focused on work. And then there's a, you know, phase of my life when I'm really focused on another aspect of, you know, who I am. And so I think because there's such breadth to like what this kind of, this Proverbs 31 woman is capable of, you know, if I'm able to put aside, the i have to do all of the things all at the same time <laughs> yeah you know then it's like incredibly hopeful that i don't have to be stuck in this one chapter yeah. or like one aspect of my identity all the time like i can continue to invest in these other parts of who i am and yeah. like there are, there's more than one way to glorify god right mm-hmm. if, if every single mini poem in this big poem are like ways that we can you know honor god or love you know love the people around us mm-hmm. then um, we have a lot of options mm-hmm. yeah it's mm-hmm. nice it's
0: okay to switch gears, yeah. yeah, yeah, and maybe even necessary, right. I work yeah. with a lot of women who their kids have grown and they've mm. left the house, and then there's this big identity crisis of, okay, so now my sole job isn't to raise these kids up they 've gone, they 've left the nest. Who who am I? I'm not yeah. connected to my partner. I don't even have hobbies. Mm. Like, I don't know who my identity is anymore. Right. And I don't think that that's what God wants for us, mm-hmm. that a big part of my world is my children, and they need more from me right now because they're so little. But I also try and prioritize crafts and time with my husband and the things that also bring me joy because my kids won't always be little. They right. won't always need me as much. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think that many women feel shame about the desire to do something other than play with their kids. Yeah. But I don't know that that's what we're called to do. Yeah. At all times. No, but I
1: think it's worth acknowledging that probably some of that shame comes from this passage. You know, yes. like that that right? has been that big linchpin for them is like. I shouldn't take a nap because yeah, I'm not eating the bread of idleness or whatever it is. You know Right. Yeah.
0: And kids should always see mama's happy. Right. Yeah. You can't have bad Well, sometimes bad day. mama's not happy. Right. Okay.
1: <laughs> Specifically not with you.
0: Mama's tired. Yeah.
2: And I think it's so hard too because like there are a lot of kind of women throughout the biblical narratives and a lot of them don't meet these things I mean right like, Miriam you know I mean? Oh like gosh oh. you know like there are just so many I mean and like we think about like you know Sarah struggle with infertility I mean mm-hmm. there's all these ways in which like certainly there are women in the Bible who maybe align with pieces of it, but mm. I can't think of a single like woman in the biblical narrative that meets all of this. Right. Even yeah. Mary right. like yeah. was, I mean, like had this scandalous thing happen to her and right. was probably yeah. really shamed in her right. community because she was like pregnant outside of wedlock. You right. know what I mean? Right. So just, Not
1: bringing glory to your husband, yeah, Mary. So <laughs> it like, it like mm-hmm. breaks yeah. my
2: heart that, you know, this piece of scripture is kind of taken and glorified over all of these other stories mm, yep. of these bro- of these broken right. these, women yeah. who are told I, but powerful I can't even say women the word i want to yeah. say about them you know what i yeah. mean like yeah. that are just incredibly you know courageous women yeah. of of valor and strength right as the as the text would say yeah. so yeah yeah um, sassy yeah yeah I so think it's Sarah hard sassy when, when, when yeah. we, she laughed yeah. in god's
0: face <laughs> <get> <laughs>
1: We see you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
2: So I think it's, yeah, it's it's good news that there are, this is not the only picture of, like, literally the only picture of a biblical woman that we get. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's hard stuff to wrestle with, though, certainly. Yeah.
1: So. Well, I think it can feel kind of few and far between because the Bible is kind of male-centric, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, arguably, arguably written by men, kind of for men a little bit, you know, yeah. so that we don't get as much, like, in-depth biblical hero stuff as we do with some of the men, like Moses, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> and Noah and all that. Yeah. Uh, so it can feel like this is, like, our one, like, central passage, and yeah. it kind of sucks. Um, <laughs> yeah. And even
2: this story, like, yeah. I mean, this is... Kind of, I mean, this is not a woman speaking. This yeah. is this is mm-hmm. the a king man mm-hmm. saying what his mom would say to him. You know, so it's kind of like this is the male what gaze version yeah. of like he's maybe selectively remembering what his mom right. was telling him. We have no idea for right? sure. Like so, if he
0: remembers mom being happy all the time. Yeah, or, right. So like
2: even okay. this story, you know, we don't talk about it enough, is written from a male perspective. Yeah. Um, but yeah, mm. just lots to lots to hold. So any final thoughts or you know, burning comments that you want to share about Mm. Proverbs 31, 10
1: through 31. I think it'd be kind of fun to do some sort of series where we uh, look at other, you know, lesser known female heroes of the Bible Mm. and maybe talk about ways that they are not at all, like what the stereotypical Proverbs 31 woman would be. It'd be kind of a fun series.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Wasn't Miriam referenced as the first female prophet in the scriptures? Uh, kind of shaking it up. Sorry, I'm staring straight at you. No I, yeah, oh. no,
2: I don't remember if it was her, if it was Hagar, but yeah. Mm, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Hagar doesn't Hagar, get enough well, credit Hagar either. Right? The, so yeah. she's,
2: the first, she's the first woman to say God's name mm-hmm. out loud in scripture. So that's sort of one of the big things that she's known for. But, right. Um, yeah, there's a book series. I don't remember if I had texted y'all about it called... Bad Girls of the Bible. Yes. And then there's a, there's a sequel called Baddest Girls of the Bible. Oh, It's baddest, like part two. So, yeah. oh, um, that's the one yeah, you want to I mean, be in. And, <laughs> and then like, th- I mean, baddest, yeah. the essay that we kind of talked through today is from a book that I read called Just Wives, <laughs> Stories of Power and Survival in the Old Testament and today. Interesting. And it, and it goes through yeah. different kind of biblical women. So there's certainly a lot of, you know, powerful women and, and stories and, you know, often the perspectives we get are uh, maybe not as holistic, right, as... Right. Uh, as they could be.
1: Mhm. Well, maybe yeah. we should do that sermon series. Stay tuned for another girls podcast takeover. Yeah. yeah. And if you liked what you heard today, feel free to please write up in and uh, tell us how awesome we are and how badly you want more girl podcast takeovers <laughs> <laughs> at, uh, around the world. Girls beyond sunday podcast at gmail.com uh, is i believe our email address usually david does this part um, and you <laughs> also can find all of our episodes including this one which you're already listening to so i've always felt that this part was a little funny beyond sunday podcast.com and thanks right, for like listening figured it out. right like obviously you already passed anyway uh thanks for listening everybody we will be back next week with more beyond sunday